0: Welcome back to the Lore Lodge Official Podcast. I'm Aiden Mattis. This is Aiden Thornbury. He is still wearing a hat. Yes. Um, and we are joined today by Swamp Dweller, who is a uh, a narrator of the spooky story, uh, the allegedly true spooky story specifically. Uh, Robbie, you want to just go ahead and uh, give us your intro again now that they can actually hear you?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, my name is uh, Robbie, a.k.a. Swamp Dweller. Um, I run a show basically where my viewers send in their allegedly true stories to me. And uh, I will read them in a first person format and try to make it as you know real and as intense as possible so you can feel like you experienced it yourself. And I also do documentaries on true crime and history and cryptids and all kinds of stuff, everything in between that you can imagine is scary.
0: yeah, I mean that's uh that is the the crux of how I think everybody gets into this kind of this kind of content making is those uh those early stories. did you i? Uh, were you a browser like uh, slash X and no sleep and all that as a kid?
1: Surprisingly, no. Um, I was kind of like I kind of came into all of this like super like virgin in a sense. Like I had no idea. Like like I was a fan of like horror movies and stuff like that growing up, but I was never like really aware of like creepypastas and mm-hmm. these uh, all the all these narration people and stuff. And I was kind of at the time I was doing a podcast where I would interview like people who allegedly encountered. Um, cryptids and stuff mm-hmm. and then I kind of eventually fell into this and then I found out there was like a whole world of it so I was kind of new right. when I fell into it
2: I also gotta say that intro was fantastically done have you been on a lot of podcasts where you just have gotten that nailed down or are you just that good at talking well I guess you do read a lot of stories so I'm sure you're pretty good at it by this point
1: <laughs> I've been on a few podcasts but um I, I don't know I just I've I've always been a huge fan of like radio so I've always tried to like make myself a little bit kind of in that kind of sound I guess
2: uh, it's working because I'm literally listening to you through an AirPod on Discord, and I feel like I'm listening to a very relaxing AM radio station. Uh, FM radio station because the quality is pretty good. So, well, look like how sir. you had to clarify that, you dork. Oh yeah. Well, because I didn't want him to take. Because uh, well, I know, I know what you meant. I he know knows what you radio, mean. so if I said AM, he'd be like, "Why is my sound so bad quality right oh now?" Oh my god. <laughs> you know, wanted to make sure you weren't worried about that.
0: So um yeah if not if not like the the typical kind of um side of things like you know for me it was um a combination of creepypastas that i saw online um the occasional you know like scary stories to tell in the dark kind of style of book and uh watching the tv show supernatural that's kind of what got me into this whole thing but where where did you start like was it like you know an early love of horror movies or you know kind of i guess what 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 propelled you into into making content about it
1: Man, that, that that's a hard question to answer, but as far as I can really remember, like, my first real, like, memorable experience with, like, something that was weird and unexplained was at, like, Seven. Mm-hmm. So, like, ever since then, I kind of slowly got interested into, like, the paranormal and creepy stuff like that, and slowly got into, like, ghost hunting and stuff, and did that when I was, like, younger and in my teens and whatnot, and I just had this early fascination with, like, thrillers and psychological scary movies, like The Sixth Sense and stuff like that, so... It was, like, definitely an early fascination, but it was kind of something that I only, like, flirted with most of my life. And then, you know, and later I just kind of fell into it and, and just kind of never went back.
2: That's kind of how it goes, isn't it? You know, <laughs> just, a, just a quick note. There's a lot of people that are excited that this uh, collab is happening. Oh, Somebody oh. said Swamp was the first channel I ever subscribed to, so he's loving that this is happening. It's from <laughs> Clifford Home. And then Iz just wanted to shout out uh, a nice thing that she said. I would one hundred thousand percent pay this man to narrate Apple's terms of service, <laughs> and I'd finally pay attention to it. So the people are loving the voice out there.
1: Well, thank you guys. It makes me feel good. And shout out to you, Clifford. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, that was the, another one of the questions I had was uh, when you like started getting into it like seriously. When what kind of like microphone equipment were you using? And like, if, of course, it was six years ago. It was a little bit the whole podcasting world was a little bit harder to get into. But like. You know, what was what was that like kind of building out the, you know, going from having just your laptop speakers and maybe like your gaming headset headset to like, you know, fully producing to, to the extent that you now are?
1: Honestly, it was bad. I started <laughs> off with a broken, uh, I guess, for some context before I got into the YouTube world. Um, and the reason why I never, I guess, really fell into content creation before was uh, for many years throughout my high school years and early Uh, adult life I was in a touring metal band so I was kind of traveling and doing stuff there so when I quit that and decided to get a real job you know um, I uh, used this busted up mic I used on stage for all those years so it was bad and then I had this broken laptop and uh, something a lot of people don't know about the early days is uh, I was actually living in my car at the time so I'll be used. I would be recording, you know, on lunch shifts and in between, you know, work and stuff, and then uploading on like the Wi-Fi at the the McDonald's or or the the local library and stuff like that. So it, it wasn't good at first, but uh, it definitely slowly I was able to upgrade and you know get to where we are now.
2: Yeah, man, the perseverance to like N- nothing short of impressive. I mean, you know, I <laughs> I get tired when I have to do things in Google Sheets for four hours. That's like. I'm impressed. You've definitely earned the success that you have. That's yeah. for sure. I definitely like
0: to think so. When, when when we started with this kind of thing, it was like, I, I mean, I was laughing because I was going back and looking through a couple of our early days, like our, our our early story time episodes, which for us were kind of like the same the same ideas what you're doing, just much lower production value. And you can hear like the ones that are through my laptop speaker, just the evolution of that up towards our most recent ones, which are on like a, a pretty nice side blue yeti microphone and just like that you know we thought we had it rough just trying to pay for everything like i can't imagine trying to record in the like backseat of a honda civic (laughs)
1: yeah honestly whatever works you know though like if you start one place and you keep with it eventually you know slowly but surely you'll be able to invest in it and you know make it bigger and better and that's kind of just what i did you know when everything went to shit i just you know had to do what i had to do
0: yeah and clearly, you know, it seems to have paid off quite a bit. Like, I mean, what a quarter of a million subscribers?
1: Oh yeah, it's been a long time, and I'm shook we even made it here, but we're, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, a million eventually with the, the eventually, Shrek army.
0: We're you just always you always keep that just in the back of your mind that if you try hard enough, you're getting there. Yeah. Um, but you did mention that I, you know, you'd, you you had, had your first kind of real like paranormal experience when you were a kid and you were seven, like. Do you mind telling us a little bit about like what it was?
1: Sure. Um, it's not necessarily like a super terrifying story, mm. but it's it's one that like just captivates me every time I tell it. Um, so this is like early two thousands, like maybe two thousand two, something like that, two thousand three at latest. And um, this is around the time where like the electric toothbrushes were just kind of getting popular and stuff. <laughs> and um, I guess a little context is for whatever reason, I had never been a kid that had like imaginary friends or anything like that. But for like this three-day period before I got this toothbrush, I suddenly had this imaginary friend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that that day I decided that we got the toothbrush. I decided I was over having an imaginary friend and I was moving mm-hmm. on with my life. All so right. when we, we tried to use the toothbrush that night, we put in new batteries, everything, brand new out of the package, and it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. So we took out other batteries, put new batteries in it again, and it still didn't work. So I was upset, but we put it back. We were going to bring it back, get a new one. Fast forward to about 3 a.m., I'm waking up, and all I hear down the, the hall is ee- and then something falls off the counter and, you know, keep, you know, going, uh-huh. and um, me and my, my mom go and check what it is, and it's the toothbrush, somehow out of the package, on the ground going, but there's no batteries in it, uh-huh. and uh, I woke up multiple times that night with, like, cold sweats and just freaking out, and I've always assumed it was just that imaginary friend just, uh, you know, giving me hell for not wanting to be his friend anymore.
0: So you think you created like a tulpa for yourself?
1: Potentially, yeah. I think I might have uh, put some weird energy out there, and uh, it was not happy with me.
0: Yeah, that's like such a fascinating one too, because you know, it, I, I love stories where it's where things come from an imaginary friend, because you never know, like exactly. You know, of course, stories where you know people are are serious and these are actually things they experienced. Um, you can you never know, like, it, was it that you willed this thing into existence, or you know? Did some sort of like, you know, you know, bad spirit, you know, a ghost, a demon, something like that, you know, sense the loneliness and then, you know, you know, take the opportunity to attach itself to you through that. Like there's, there's so many possibilities for how that could happen, um, just from like a, a demonology and folklore standpoint. So I think those are always super interesting. Um, did, did you have a, uh, did you have a shadow figure?
1: Um, yeah, I didn't really notice shadow figures until I was much older, probably like 1516. We lived, we moved to this house in Tennessee, it was built in 1802. And uh, it was like built by the Civil War people. And when we were clearing, I was clearing the bushes behind the barn, I actually found their graves, it was pretty crazy. But uh, this this cabin, like every time I'd walk by the stairs, which the only stairs in the ha- house would go up to my room, at the top, of the corner of my eye, I would always see this like hat man type thing just standing up there. And I just thought I was kind of seeing things and freaking out. But one day, my little brother walks in front of me to go down the hallway that goes past there. And I, I come in like a minute after him. And he says, how would you get down the stairs so quietly? These stairs are ancient, impossible to get down them without it making a noise. And I'm just telling and that's when I realized I was "Like, oh, shoot, he saw it too. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I wasn't I wasn't up there, Zach, you know, I was in the the room with you. So he's yeah. like, oh, and we kind of thought about it. And it was creepy. And then you'd always just hear like heavy footsteps up in the crawl space. But the crawl space was so small that I couldn't even fit in it. You would have to like send like a baby in there. It was like pointless. I don't even know why they made it that way. But mm-hmm. um, but there was no way for somebody to be walking up there, especially with heavy boots and such.
0: That's fascinating. Also, they, every time, I, I you've heard me say this before, Aiden, but mm-hmm. every single time I talk to somebody, almost every time, about shadow people, they always have a hat. It's it's always the Hat Man or the like shadow people and Hat Man like seem to be the kind of the same thing. I did get a story recently sent to me, um, it just through Instagram DMs asking you know if I could help identify something. And it was uh, she had said that she didn't have a shadow person in in the typical sense that like you would see a shadowy like cloaked figure standing in the corner of the room or at the top of the stairs. Hers was that uh, when she was younger she saw outside of her window, mm-hmm. just a pair of glowing red eyes and then, like, a, you know, detail human form. And then she would catch glimpses of it in her house, but it was always coming from outside. It was always a reflection. And that was one of... Uh, I, I'm trying to get more information from her because that is single-handedly one of the most terrifying, like, paranormal experiences I've ever heard of. Um, and that, that brings me towards uh, the, the next question I wanted to ask, which is, are there any that you received from people that really like shook you that like made you feel like oh wow this is like that they got you just as the reader
1: oh yeah definitely several i I would have to say just uh, i guess as like kind of a different question or answer segue answer that mm-hmm. uh, like paranormal stories are my personal favorites kind of how what i got into the horror genre with and uh they, they just give me a good like goosebumps because like i've had so many like paranormal or unexplained kind of encounters myself that like I just like relate to them a lot more. So th- anytime somebody sends like a good ghost story or something like that, I definitely uh, get goosebumps. But my favorite one definitely is one of the ones. It's like a range. It's like this park ranger mm-hmm. who was working on these the, these trails and he put up these cameras to try to document the wildlife and the deer population and such like that. Um, but he kept catching glimpses of something strange, and every day or every night, excuse me, at the same time, this thing would um show up again and get its photo taken but it would be closer just slightly every single time and as it got closer and closer it became clear that this was some sort of uh, demonic goat looking creature that was standing on hind legs and it was slowly getting closer and closer and when it gets close enough to where you can almost see it the camera is is broken and uh you know taken by whatever this creature is and um i don't know for some reason that one was just like such a creepy one because the uh, like they do eventually find it, I guess, but it's super smashed up. And you know, um, they do recover the SIM card and the pictures are pretty compelling. Um, I can try to send those to you after the show.
0: Yeah, I would definitely be interested in seeing them because that was actually the next, you know, kind of the next thing that I wanted to talk about. So, man, we are blazing through <laughs> my plan for the night. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I like when it comes to the compelling stories, I've gotten a few that I'm like, you know, it's it's simple enough. That you know, it sounds realistic. It sound it sounds kind of boilerplate, but like it's there's enough details that you're like, okay, this isn't something that sounds like they made up. There's no point to making this up. But then there are other ones where you know something about it feels off when somebody's trying to portray it as an actual event that happened to them. Either the narrative is too detailed, or it rises and falls in you know a, a way that just feels like uh, planned planned fiction. Um, do you ever find that like somebody will send you a story, you know, hand to God, it happened to me and you read it and you just, you can't grasp that it's not fiction.
1: Yeah, all the time for sure. Um, and it's not even that I don't cover fiction. I just like to make it very clear when I'm covering fiction or when I'm covering something that's allegedly true, just so nobody gets confused. But, um, yeah, all the time. I mean, but like sometimes, you know, the truth is stranger than fiction sometimes, but, Um, I feel like after doing it for so long, you get you get a pretty good reign on what's true and what's not. And you can kind of pick up on the idiosyncrasies. And the most compelling stories are usually like the ones you can cross reference with others that you've got sent from around the world. Um, You know, the details matching in many stories, accurate information. If they have their like if they bring up a gun or say they're shooting a certain type of gun and they get everything correct about it, that's Mm -hmm. usually a good sign. You know, laws, all that kind of stuff, geography. Um, things that can be like fact check basically and then Mm -hmm. writing style and inconsistencies and details and stuff are usually things that'll help you out as well
0: so when you when you receive a story you know that you you like the the content of it is that something that you do before you choose which way to read it it's do, do you go and you try and like fact check to a certain extent to just you know see if it could be real or do you just kind of take at face value with what you what you do end up reading for the uh the, the allegedly true stuff.
1: For the most part, I try to check everything I can. Obviously I can't check everything and everything can't really be referenced because sometimes it's just like, it's you're going to have to take somebody's word for it. And that's where the mm-hmm. allegedly term kind of comes in there. Um, but yeah, I try to, I try to cross reference as many as I can try to look into them, at least try to fact check like regional stuff when people bring up stuff, just to make sure these towns exist. And, mm-hmm. and they're safe. If they, if they say, um, I, I went hiking in the mountains and blah 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 town. I'm gonna make, try to make sure there's actually mountains in blah 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 town and right. uh, stuff like that. So the, the bare minimum, at the very least, I will definitely put in.
0: So you're doing your due, uh, your due diligence. I knew there was gonna be a word I couldn't quite get to. It happens every time. Every I mean, single time about it. Uh, yeah. You know it's, uh, that nobske. Oh, uh...
2: Also, we appreciate our viewers out there that have my phone number. They can tell me whether or not they think the levels are appropriately designed. So. Does that happen to you? Uh, it was literally my mom just texted me. You guys are a little low. You should turn your, uh, your, your oh, thing up. So yeah, okay, I, I just cool. adjusted the levels a bit. So thanks, <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Mrs. Thornberry. Appreciate it.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're in mid-twenties and still getting advice from our mothers.
2: <laughs> I mean, Monty I'm al- Exactly. It's, you know, you always going to be open to criticism uh, and, yeah. and advice. So. Yeah, this, of course. Yeah, you know, It's nice to know they're watching. Um, <laughs> exactly. Still,
0: still, uh, you know, tolerating our, our BS all these years later. I don't uh, know how you guys do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's, this is this is why you guys are great mothers
0: yes exactly um so what what do you think you know i'm curious because you've got you're clearly getting so many of these stories and we've gotten a lot um sent to us but like what is there any that you think um anything that strikes you that like you hear the same thing over and over again with some of the more credible stories like are there any trends or phenomenons that you've kind of picked up on
1: yeah, definitely. Um, over the years, depending on, you know, what kind of uh, creature feature is trending or what kind of cryptid is, you know, apparently being sighted, um, I put together, like, Google Maps before where you could see, like, a bunch of encounters and um, people that don't even know each other, whether they'll be sending encounters from the same state or the same region or even the same city. And then, you know, with the same details, it had the same color eyes, it had the same color fur, it acted the same way, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you know kind of building these profiles of these alleged creatures that people are seeing and um, these other, you know, weird and strange phenomenon that they are encountering and uh, you know, whether or not we can try to put together something that explains and debunks this is maybe something more natural or maybe just kind of leaves us scratching our head at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of, I-, I can't complain about it cause it is kind of what shot us uh, into where we are, but th- there were uh there are a lot of skinwalker sightings this past year or so. Um, oh, yeah. That was an interesting, uh, I I think I've heard that word spoken more in the last year than any time since maybe seeing it pop up on like 4chan's paranormal board in
2: 2014. Okay, just oh, man, quick aside. What? Give me some context to that. Uh, also like, well, there were
0: just a lot of Skinwalker stories on 4chan's paranormal board in 2014. Okay,
2: yeah, but you realize how niche that sounds when you weren't directly involved in the Skinwalker boards of 4chan in 2014, right? I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> I, can under- I can understand. So why don't we give people, considering we're blazing through, and it seems like yeah. Robbie has some context to that as well, why don't you guys talk about the uh, relevancy of that and also why was there a lot of Skinwalker content on the 4chan boards in 2014
0: Good. i mean I, I don't know about you uh rob but um you know it's it's it, to me it reminds me very much of the Slenderman thing um how just one thing will go viral and then suddenly you know everyone reports it but it's so interesting that they always choose to in my opinion that they seem to choose to report it as like you know this definitely happened rather than just going and writing it as fiction
2: mm-hmm.
0: um why, why do you think people do that like what, what's your take on on why that kind of persists
1: for 2014 in specific, that was when like the changing of the guard for the new boogeyman came into play. So the skimwalker became the new boogeyman of, of North America, where everything that goes bump in the night, no matter if it was a deer or a squirrel, was a skimwalker. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of been that way f- ever since. And uh, it's kind of similar now because now it's like it's blowing up this sh- or last year it was blowing up again because of all those like TikTok memes and everything like that, where every UPS driver and every Amazon driver was suddenly a skimwalker. Mm-hmm. Um, it 's just kind of how the culture grabs these things and kind of throws it out there and becomes you know just something different over time, but skinwalkers have just been very popular over the over the past like six or seven years for sure, and yeah. they 're just never ending. I probably get sent like probably like the third biggest topic I get sent is skinwalker stories for sure
2: oh God then what are the other two I was gonna say uh, what's number one and two uh
1: number one is paranormal stories and number two is just weird things in the woods
2: mm-hmm um, we, we don't talk about ghosts very often. We really don't thing. talk about ghosts very Well, because you have a very interesting take on them compared to most yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. Do, for those who aren't familiar oh, with okay. the take, yeah. would you like, so to um, who
0: it is? it's. it's No, I don't believe that, you know, a human soul can get trapped completely and, you know, it, back on Earth. Um, so it's. I think that they're more like fragments of somebody's being hmm. than they are, you know, their their entire soul, like, that you can. Essentially, an echo or like radiation, yeah, if that makes sense. Um, radiation, yes, radiation. Did somebody
2: say radiation.
0: Oh my god, but uh, <laughs> I mean, what, what do you think, Robbie? On the ghost question,
1: the ghost question. Sorry, I blanked out there for Fine. a second. I'm on the go on the ghost <laughs> question. Um, man, I don't know, honestly. I just think like there's something in the water, man. <laughs>
2: Elaborate. I was gonna say there's a couple different ways that could be a reference, but I'm not sure. <laughs> you don't recognize the bodies in the water? Um...
0: Nobody got that one. Nope. Okay, I didn't right. that's fine. I it's more were... of a, That was more of an SCP reference than yeah, anything. Yeah, I was gonna so say. I, guess, I thought yeah. you were
2: gonna go with the, the obvious, like big one. What? <laughs> what? The
1: elephants in the room now.
2: Frogs. Oh. Yeah. yeah no. I'm not... <laughs>
0: Even I can't weave Alex Jones into this conversation. You just did. <laughs> like,
2: or I guess I just did. You did.
0: <laughs> uh, but uh, when you say there's something in the water, do you mean like that you you don't have like firm beliefs on it, but at the very least like you're – you believe there's something there? Is that kind of –
1: I'm definitely a hard skeptic um just by nature because mm-hmm. I I at the end of the day I just find it very hard to fully put like faith or belief into something that you can't have some sort of tangibility or some mm-hmm. sort of uh you know documentation to but on the other hand like I've said before I've encountered so many strange and unexplainable things in my time you know whether they were hallucinations or whatever they could be um it it it, it just aligns with what millions of other people have seen all over the world and every culture um, from the from the Sumerians all the way to us now, have always had stories of ghosts. Have always had stories of uh, strange, cryptid creatures. Have always had some sort of uh, lore to to what's going on. I do believe every story has a grain of salt to it. I think, hmm. especially when it comes to folklore and stuff like that. I think everything starts from something true some sort of cautionary tale and obviously gets distorted into something you know bigger to to spook the kids and everything but Mm -hmm. i do think everything you know starts with some sort of grain of truth
0: yeah so you and i are pretty much on the same page there that's that's kind of how we approach things in general with the Mm -hmm. channel
2: um yeah i'm definitely i'm much more of a skeptic than he is um, but I think that works well. I want to believe, I want to believe. Um, uh, also, just so you feel a little bit better about yourself, uh, Destro said, "I do recognize the body in the water. Bodies in the water." So, no,
0: no, you don't. You don't recognize that. D- d- damn it, Destro! It's <laughs> not the point. Um, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> um, so, when it comes to uh, some of the some of the more credible stories, what's um, you know what are some ones that you've, you've kind of sat there and gone like, yeah, I, I believe this, like, you know, full sail, I'm, I'm there with this?
1: Man, there, there's been so many good ones. Um, sometimes, like you said earlier, you're just sitting there reading a story, and you get like halfway through, and you're like, oh, man, I can't believe this is uh, wasting my time here. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes you get in these stories, you're like, wow, this is like one of the most compelling stories. Like if somebody were to sit there and tell it to me, I probably would believe them. Um, you know, obviously you have ones that have like documentation or like news articles that you can kind of like fact check, but I've also been sent several stories that have uh, had like pictures with them and you know, that I've put in the videos and such and are fairly compelling. You know, there's been tons of times where somebody's like, you know, I saw a dog man, but I didn't get the picture of him, but I I got pictures of his tracks. And then, you know, you got these crazy tracks that are, you know, they could be anything, but they, at least at the very least, there's something that we can see and study And it makes it a little bit more, you know, believable because people aren't trying to hide some sort of, you know, some sort of lie. And I've also been contacted uh, once or twice, actually, by uh, local officials over a few stories. So I mean, it gets, yeah, it gets very strange sometimes, where you know. It makes you really put into perspective how far these videos reach online. Like you have a freaking local cop from like Indiana calling you about some you know true crime case you talked about or something. It's just wild.
0: Without like even knowing that that's what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, that's insane.
2: I'm curious. can Can we? I mean, how confidential is that conversation? I'm curious what they called about and if anything was. Achieved from that, or if anything you know notable occurred from that, was is that something you can talk about?
1: Oh yeah, um, I believe so. I mean, nobody ever told me I couldn't. Um, <laughs> essentially, I like that
2: attitude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> essentially, I covered a case that nobody ever covered before online. It was a uh, Margaret Peggy Beck, and uh, she was a, a Girl Scout who was 16, who was killed at a uh, um, a Girl Scout camp, and uh, they said she died of natural causes, but she was found zip tied in her. Um, her sleeping bag, and she was her had her like you know her panties and stuff were all ripped, and there were obvious signs of uh, assault and stuff. And but they said she died of natural causes, um, which made no sense to me. So I looked in and I dug deeper, and I found a bunch of uh, information um, and, and potential um, suspects. And I made a little video about it and put it out there. The editing's rough. It was at a time where I was just learning how to do all that kind of stuff. But um, it, it turned out to reach a good number of people. And then I got a call from. Um, one of the local sheriffs who were asking if I had any more information or any sort of contact to where I found this information. And obviously, I sent them everything I had. And um, about a year later, it was put online that Margaret Peggy Beck's case is the oldest case to ever be solved with DNA.
2: Wow. No way. So hang on, wait, you very much undersold that. You reignited a cold case, which inevitably ended up to the solving of that case,
1: that's well. I, awesome. I can't take credit for that. I can't say that I reignited it. They could have potential. You never know. They could have like when, when sheriffs change office all the time. You know, these old cases come up and they try to solve some. So maybe they just, you know, they that's what happened, and then they happen to be looking online since it's a new resource. You know, but I, I don't want to say that I. You know, solve that by any means.
2: Well, I mean, like, you're I mean, being we very sol- humble about it. Yeah, but, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be fair. Like, you know, we can, you know, you could either you could or we could contact them and just ask to be sure they may they may you know in retrospect want to say that you know they did it more than you know being inspired by yeah, someone else. Yeah, but it's at the, end no, of the day, I mean, it's, it's it's a
0: valid point to make. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty that's a pretty cool thing to have happen as yeah. a result of your work. Is yeah, to, to,
2: to be anywhere involved in being beneficial to the you know, the solving of a murder case is pretty awesome. So, you know, definitely that's, if it wasn't there before, that should be a little trophy on your mental <laughs> vault, or on your mental wall, because that's that's awesome.
0: I, I do have another question, though, about uh, personal paranormal experiences. Um So, the the last one that I had that was really, like, hands down something, something weird happened, which I've talked about on here before, it's the story of when I was playing Manhunt with my friends, and I yelled at a ghost to fuck off, and then heard every door in the house I was next to slam. Um, but I, uh, you know, have have you had anything as an adult that, like, you know, when would you say the most recent time that you felt like something, like you were experiencing something not natural? When do you think that was?
1: Um, probably a couple of months back, actually. Um, my girlfriend is like into like. She's kind of, like, into, like, spiritual stuff and likes Mm -hmm. to, I guess, contact her ancestors or whatever, you know, kind of Native American type stuff. And, you know, that's really cool. But uh, sometimes uh, when she does that kind of stuff, you know, there's, like, weird energy in the house. And sometimes it feels weird. So there's been a few times recently, but then, you know, it goes away. I'm just one of those people that kind of ignores that kind of stuff, to be honest, because I've always found it works. Like, every time... When I was younger there would be like this weird like black cloud thing almost like when I my grandma died when I was 14 I got really depressed because we were very close mm-hmm. and um I started seeing like this black cloud and like I and my dad even saw it one time and he was like what the heck is that and I was like I don't know dad it's just there but um like if when I ignored it and when I just didn't pay it any mind that stuff would be gone and wouldn't be there so that's kind of just what I learned to do as I got older so I was terrorized in that that cabin, like I told you about the, the, mm-hmm. the hat man and all that. It was like every night, like sleep paralysis, stuff like that. So it was just yeah. uh, one of those things you learn to just like, if you ignore it, you, you don't pay it any attention. You don't give it power of fear and all that. Normally you'd be fine. But again, I'm still a skeptic. So it's kind of funny that mm-hmm. I think that way.
2: I would just so. now love to see a horror movie where uh, they're being terrorized by some thing. And then inevitably they realize they just have to ignore it and it works.
0: <laughs> yeah but it's it's interesting that you bring up now that I think about it the specifics of like hatman and the cabin and everything because there's a couple of other stories that come to mind both from Mr. Ballin, but one that was him i narrating and one that was him telling his own true story, but both of them are like people who went up into into the mountains into um you know cabins like you know for for ski season or something like that, and what they ended up with was they were reporting some shadowy figure with red eyes and everything that would you know, creep up in the night and, you know, scare, scare them shitless, basically. Mm. Um, you know, and when it comes to... Which is interesting because, you know, in those stories, more often, I'm finding that when I hear one that doesn't happen, like, you know, in your house, <laughs> but rather somewhere out in the wild, um, In nobody ever... I never get stories where somebody's like, oh, we had a shadow person in my house and it attacked me. But I do hear... You know, I was camping, and I got attacked by a shadow person mm. and stuff like that. It's interesting how they always seem to be, in these stories, more malevolent outside of the home. Mm. Um, also, if, you're, if your girlfriend is uh, playing around with with stuff like that, I just hope none of it's a Ouija board. Yeah, right.
1: Um, no, no, I, I have some boundaries, and okay. I, I <laughs> can <laughs> away from
0: that, so... <laughs> just like, you know, yeah, all this is okay, just specifically not that one. Uh, yeah, that's from everything Enough that i've learned from existing on this show no
2: good like yeah.
0: plan um, but uh, i another another one that's interesting that i think is funny is i, I don't know if you ever I, to, I don't know to what extent like when you get a story you'll sit there and like try and figure out exact exactly what thing uh, is is after somebody Uh, but that's kind of the, the aspect of it that really got me interested is, uh, because of, you know, certain, certain phenomenons and things where I'm like, wait a second. Now these are all very similar. Like, you know, it was the mystery aspect for me. Um, but one of my favorite questions that comes in is with people, especially with the skinwalker one recently where they'll be like, Hey, this happened to me. Uh, how do I fight it? Or like, how do I get rid of it, or whatever? And my my answer so often has become, ignore it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then I'll check back in with them a couple months later, and they're like, oh yeah, the problem's gone. Like it, it's so interesting. It's like if you, it really does seem like with a lot of this stuff, if you just pretend it's not there, it gets bored and gives up.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of predators have that response. That's why like playing dead works for for many different prey sure. animals.
0: True.
1: Yeah, definitely. I just think it's the energy; it's it, they feed off that. Obviously, the fear, and the more fear you give off, the more energy you're giving mm-hmm. off, anxiety, etc. And um, honestly, just amplifies. But Skimwalkers, you know, like and like you said, like how you fight them and all that, and just these monsters in general, like those questions are what basically like inspired me to start making those cryptid documentaries, mm-hmm. where I go deep into the lore and I tell right. you exactly where they came from, how they came to be, you know, how people kill them, etc um all the crazy stuff so like i always like to reference those to people just you know just so it's helpful because like these stories like there's tons of stories of all kinds of endless creatures out there and if if you're anybody who's familiar with my channel you'll find endless things you probably never heard of and you're like what the heck is that Mm -hmm. um so like with all these crazy creatures and cultural folklores out there you definitely have to be able to differentiate them a bit so that's why i like to do those documentaries help people out
0: yeah, with with the Skinwalker one specifically, just because it's become so big in pop culture recently, um, there's a couple of things I that I I think are interesting. A, a lot of people who are like, I want to go hunt one, and then ask how to do it. And when you explain the folklore behind it, and how that's a absolutely terrible idea, you've got some like sixteen year old kid with his dad's shotgun who's convinced that he and his buddies have worked out a plan, and, and like, oh, yeah. I, I I spend a lot of time talking to people who I'm not even sure how serious they are or how much they're just kind of LARPing where I'm like, please don't do that. Like, Mm. like, because people, once you get to a certain point, like, and this was pointed out to me uh, on TikTok by, by another creator that like, um, I was making a lot of content about Wendigos. And I, you know, I'd said, if you hear someone screaming for help, like, you know, off in the woods, don't go like, yeah, like, and, and he was kind of like, look, when you have this big of a platform, you need to, you know, be giving people the full story and you'd be more responsible because mm-hmm. you don't know, like what, what if people, you know, are actually hurt in the woods? Like, and so I went back and I was like, you know what, you're right. And I made a video that was like, here's the actual, you know, suggestions from the forest service. If you hear somebody in the woods, that's hurt and screaming for help and whatnot.
2: Unless you've got a blue snow shovel, obviously. Oh
0: God. Yeah. The blue snow shovel, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: We uh, do we have do we have we do not have any yet. blue
0: snow shovel merch yet. We need it. We need some. We still need it. Yeah. Um. But like, ha, do you ever do you ever f- um, find yourself talking to people who want your advice for how to hunt something?
1: Yeah, every single day of my life. Um, <laughs> I actually I have a series um, actually called Letters from a Cryptid Hunter. Where I have this alleged cryptid hunter has been sending me letters for quite a while now, and um, just hundreds of comments every single video. Like, let, let me at him, bro. Let me at him. It's like no, stay home, stay oh, home. yeah, stay <laughs> home.
0: trust me, we like, uh we understand the uh, unnatural attractions of people to certain cryptids.
2: Yeah, we uh, mm, huh, huh, huh. I was gonna make a joke about the fact that the only people that are gonna be hunting stuff is us off-brand supernatural boys, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a whole nother topic yeah, that the, I don't even
0: want to touch. number of the, you know, I'm yeah. going to get myself that Wendessie. Yeah. The amount of times I've heard that yeah. has been <laughs> just deeply traumatic.
2: Yeah, just remember, for those out there, we're the ones with the black muscle car and the desire to wear flannel and go out into the woods and find things. And we're going to make videos of it so that way you get to watch us be idiots instead of being idiots that's yourself. That's we are doing that. So. Um, Three
1: lanky men hunt down wendusie Oh, God. would be
2: great. Well, I'm... I'm the opposite of lanky at the moment, but we're trying to get a little bit closer to that and by, by we'll hit the, the fast. day. What's that? We'll, we'll hit, hit the fast. fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh,
0: yeah. Oh, Aiden and I, are, uh, we're working on it. I, I, started, I started my diet this week and it has not been fun.
2: Starting last week, I started the diet and I'm going to, I'm swimming in the mornings, I'm running to the gym, and then I'm lifting in the gym every day. So I'm going to two different gyms at different times. <laughs> oh, it's... Yeah, and it's, it's bad. Speaking of the diet, candy, bro. Speaking oh,
0: yeah. of yeah, speaking bad of life. diet. This is one that's come up a lot lately uh, and I think it's probably the last one we'll have before we go to super chats. Mm. Um, this one's come up a lot lately. Uh, is the, the traditional folklore that I learned surrounding skinwalkers is that part of the process to become a skinwalker involves cannibalism.
2: Mm.
0: I've recently had a not insignificant number of specifically Navajo people tell me that they never heard that growing up. Really? But I also found it from some Navajo sources that, like, that is a big important part of it. So, you know, in, in your research, Robbie, what do you what have you found?
1: Sounds like people are doing the classic Wendigo skimwalker mix-up, mix up, to be honest. Um, <laughs> to, to become a skimwalker, it, it's a very taboo thing in, in Navajo and Ute lore, mm-hmm. but essentially... Um, you have to be... You, you start off as a human being, essentially, mm-hmm. right? So you're just a normal person. Um, and you can either become a medicine man, which is somebody who heals spiritually, physically, and stuff like that. Um, or you can become, which essentially is the opposite, which is a, a death-dealing dark witch mercenary type thing, which is a skinwalker. Mm-hmm. And to become a skinwalker, you have to first kill a loved one or a family member um, and then do various different rituals. Now, cannibalism has never come up in any of my conversations with navajo really? and you um cannibalism has never popped up in any sort of thing but at the same time it would it could count because they do have to do a uh, very egregious acts against somebody they love or somebody that they are related to to become a skimwalker uh to become that dark witch doctor mm-hmm. um and then after that you know to, to like for the people um, get confused with lots of different things like not deer and Wendigo and skinwalkers yeah. because you know no like they're all very similar but they're all also very different and for skinwalkers the the whole process for them to transform is like say they want to be a deer they'll find a deer they'll kill the deer they'll wear the deer skin and do a uh, this um this this ritual over three days time and mm-hmm. then they can you know. Put out the illusion of this deer like they're illusionists more than they are actually shapeshifters mm-hmm. and I think that's what people get confused if you look right. at their feet, their eyes their you know their hands stuff like that they will always be the same but they will mm-hmm. have this perception of you know this animal that you're seeing
2: mm-hmm. That's
0: fascinating yeah because it's it's been one of the hardest things for me to research especially because you know just just recently getting to a point where I actually have the the followership to like you know actually convince people to talk to me um there's there's a lot of navajo people who like are very closed off about it and like don't want to talk about it it's not because they don't want to it's not about sharing or about keeping the culture closed it's because it's just it's so real to them and um Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that makes me less less skeptical about that one specifically Mm -hmm. uh is that you know this is this is something that is clearly so real to a group of people who are living in the modern era like you know, it's it's one thing if you come across an isolated tribe somewhere in the Amazon, and you know you you know you can have some skepticism about their their myths and their legends. You know, when they say that there's a god at the top of a waterfall that like is you know causing the water to flow, and you can scientifically say, well, no, that's not what that is. Yeah. But when it's something who you know in 2022, there's you know modern human beings with technology and like a complete civil society who are like, that is a very real thing. Those are the ones that get me, and I sit there, and I'm like, all right, there's got to be something to that, you know, because there's no way, there is no way that you have an entire culture of people just keeping something up for the meme.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a whole cultural phenomenon at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like the same thing for, like, Americans and Bigfoot, you know? If you look at how Bigfoot changed over the years when we first were looking for Bigfoot, all the feet were like 60 inches long. You know, we were looking for (laughs) monsters back then. Now we're looking for answers. Now their feet are down to, you know, like size 17, something more reasonable, something much more realistic that could be roaming in these woods and such like that. And um, it's just kind of like the cultural, like how things evolve over years and years. And the fact that, you know, the Navajo are one of the biggest uh, reservations, if not the biggest Mm -hmm. reservation out there. And they still are, you know, so adamant about not talking about these, these dark energies, mainly because one you know obviously if you talk it you attract it not in the sense that you know if they say skimwalker, then you know five minutes later there's a skimwalker. Yeah. no it's just more of like you know you don't want to invite bad energy so why talk about the bad energy
0: right right yeah and uh you know it's man i keep losing my train of thought
2: i got distracted by the comment N- when to go dating sim oh good god um yeah. so sign, sign me up yeah right <laughs> um no i mean i you know it's It's. I would agree with a lot of what you said in terms of like things kind of transitioning over time, and yeah, I think you know not feeding into the energy is definitely beneficial. Um, For most people, at least, I think for those who are of our guild, if we even want to call it that, yeah, it was the first word that came to mind. Um, You know, (laughs) if we we, if we're (laughs) not trying to. But like, for us, I know we want to do a little bit more in the field once we get the opportunities to, and we are, uh, I think, I I think we're going to try and find some, find some bad energy things. We've got some, some stuff in the works. We do. Um, We we tried a couple weekends ago, and we didn't find much. A couple
0: weekends ago, it didn't go very well, but that wasn't really a bad energy thing, so much as it was like a, you know.
2: A nat- abandoned,
0: you know, natural disaster zone. Yeah. Well, not natural. It wasn't um, bad se, energy. But...
2: It was just misused energy. Yeah, exactly. It's it's coal just, that's an anthracite no coal purpose. mine yeah. burning
0: underneath a U.S. town. Um, we went to Centralia. Uh, but that's that's what I wanted to say was uh, you know, in the beginning, like when you look at kind of the accounts from when cryptozoology as an idea kind of begins in kind of the late eighteen hundreds, that people start writing about this stuff um in a more scientific manner it seems like the investigate the investigative portion of it has gone more from less it used to be that it was you know here's the legend let's try and prove it exists to here's the legend let's prove that it came from something Mm -hmm. in my experience like have have you do you feel the same way
1: very much the same way like i said i think we started out chasing monsters and now we're chasing answers
0: exactly I, i love that uh that way of putting
2: it. That's just a, such a yeah. good slogan. You should put that on a shirt. Please tell me you've used uh, that before. And you didn't just come up with it right now, because I'd be highly jealous of that capability. <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> I have said it many times.
2: Ah, thank God. But yeah, you should put that one on a shirt.
0: That I, yeah, I would buy that. I would, buy that. I would buy, that. <laughs> buy that in a heartbeat, and I would wear it on the show. I was just
2: going to say uh, <laughs> like, we wear it next time we go
1: somewhere. Yeah, I. We'll have to have a blue shovel cameo on the back.
2: Oh yes. Yeah? Oh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, we need to get... You know, that's what we need to do. So what? I keep telling them that we need to dress up the studio a bit more and just have more things. Ah, uh, yes. Do you want to fund that? We, I will fund that. I will buy a blue <laughs> snow shovel that we can hang on the wall back here somewhere. Oh, my God. I think that would be hilarious. It would be pretty funny. Do oh. you know the the story behind the blue snow shovel? I'm not sure if you're you're up to snuff on that.
1: I am completely ignorance yeah. is bliss right. educate me <laughs> okay,
0: um, so back back when I was first kind of getting started um, I had a video about Wendigos uh, and some guy I forget if he stitched it or if I got tagged in it or exactly how I came across it hmm. but uh, it was his name's Chad he was uh, he and I actually met up in uh, New York over the summer and um, where he made a video where he was talking about going to fight the Wendigo outside of his house and he walks into his, his garage and there's all the like tools there and you know, you know, knives and saws and whatever. And he just grabs a blue snow shovel and heads out into the woods and starts calling the Wendigo a bitch. Um <laughs> and I just thought it was really funny. And over time it's just kind of become like the running inside joke of like, you know, how do you fight the wendigo well obviously obviously you know fire white ash and a blue snow shovel um so but yeah that's where that came from
1: wow that's that's a great story a blue snow shovel and some very strongly word uh very strongly worded letters excuse me
0: yes (laughs) well interestingly i mean if you do look back to uh the actual native american stories regarding the wendigo and um, you know, times when one was fought and killed, they, they all are very like consistent that, you know, chopping it up doesn't work, um, you know, beheading it might not even work uh, other than separating it from the body. But like, you got to burn it. Like,
1: yeah, you and, very uh, much got to burn its heart. You got to get it right in the, the chest there.
0: And the uh, another one that I found interesting was uh, one of the one of the Smiths, one of the Smithsonian ethnography reports from the early uh it was from the turn of the century i can't remember if it was early 1900s or late 1800s but they were excavating some of these burial mounds uh down south from one of the mound building cultures and they found what they described as giants which were people who were like six and a half feet tall Mm. um so in these tombs yeah (laughs) in these tombs and they were surrounded by like six uh normal like five six to five eight skeletons around them in uh in a circle yeah and there's this whole smithsonian report on it um that if you bring it up people are like giants aren't real and i'm like uh, well i'm not saying 14 foot tall beings but like why did they bury this absurdly large for the time human being you know in a ritual burial mound and why is he covered in white ash like mm. like what led them to do that yeah is it something this person did in life is it a superstition like so you know Unfortunately, so few Native American cultures had any, uh, you know, form of written language system. I think uh, even the Cherokee were only like writing theirs down in the 1800s because um, their own historians were like, if we don't write this down, then our side of the story will never properly get told. Yep. But it's just you know fascinating stuff to see these these crazy legends of things like the Wendigo, and then to see it reflected in people's burial practices mm. like the, the way that these that are our, our fiction and our our folk tales can get wrapped up into our actual cultural practices is just fascinating like you know people in uh in the balkans driving stakes through the hearts of corpses to make sure that they don't pop back up as a vampire is something that was that is possibly still done in very rural communities but like mm. very common in the 1800s so just very interesting like ties between what the folklore is versus what the actual practices of a society end up being
2: no doubt
1: definitely that's why i like to say there's always a grain of truth to everything because you could you could you could also obviously explain that same exact story of the skeletons in a much more natural and you know way that makes sense but at the same time since there's nothing written to tell you exactly who these people were and what they did you know, we can only speculate. So then it's just weird how these unsubstantiated, essentially, speculations um, change how people actually live their real lives.
0: Yeah, and it's, it, it's insane to see. Like, it's very cool, though. Um, and, you know, with, with the amount of stories that are out there, yeah, you gotta, you've always got to wonder, you know, at, at what point, you know, at what point are we talking about the truth? Um, and, and one of the, I think the most common one, the, the last thing I wanted to bring up really quick, I uh, was I just wanted to get your, your take on it with, uh, one of the probably most prominent, most famous current, um, paranormal adjacent phenomenons, uh, the, the missing four one phenomenon. Like, do you, do you, are you aware of it?
1: Oh yeah. Um, some of my most viewed videos are stuff where I'm talking about that.
0: And what, what are your thoughts?
1: um personally i think it's a little bit of column a a little bit of column b um Mm -hmm. i think when it comes to the the outdoors obviously it's a very dangerous thing to do and a lot of these people who go missing missing often are off trail and such Mm -hmm. but um no matter how experienced you are you're never going to be able to predict what mother nature is going to do i do think it's a mix of you know bad weather i do think it's a mix of injury i do think it's a mix of people getting lost but then you look at some of these stranger cases where it makes absolutely zero sense how somebody would go missing and never be seen again. Right. And again, could be explained by somebody falling in a crevice or something like that. Mm-hmm. If you look at, um, there's this great picture that like floats around all the time. If you look online, you can find this missing 4-in-1 map. And then under it, you can see where all yeah. the US caves and mine shafts are. The clusters are always around there. So that's a big thing. Now, are there under... Uh, are there subterranean monsters grabbing people? May- maybe. Is Bigfoot ab- abducting people? Potentially. Are UFOs coming out there and grabbing people? Maybe. Are there cannibals out there in the woods? Potentially. And are- is the government doing some sort of crazy experiment on people? Absolutely. Potentially as well. <laughs>
0: but
1: but, uh, if, but I can't say it's one, it's one thing entirely. I think that would be ignorant. So I do think, you know, some people just get lost. You know, some people get attacked by wild animals. You know, some things just happen but then there are some that you can't really explain and maybe they are natural occurrences, but since they're so strange and there's no answers around them, we're only left to speculate. So I do think it's a little bit of everything that's causing these things to happen.
0: Yeah. I could not agree more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, get you know, with, with that very complete answer, I think we should uh, move over to super chats. Yep. All right. So uh, for those of you who are new here, the way that this section of the show works, um, this is basically a 30 minute Q and a session. I, we will answer Super Chats first um, and get to as many questions as we can otherwise uh, in order to incentivize you to enjoy the Super Chat option rather than holding a general strike and just not sending any so we have to answer unpaid questions. Um, we, did in, we, we created a very uh, you know, intelligent and not at all demeaning system of donation goals. Um, which I think we've actually already reached the $250 one for the month.
2: Have we, what, remind but, me, but what to all reiterate of them are, what they yeah. are,
0: the way that this works is uh, they go up to $1,000 from $250, which this, this, this month this
2: month which this, month, this month ironically month
0: is incorrectly pronouncing uh, every word of a stream. Uh, we modified wow. that one so it was going to be accents. So we're going to do the entire right. stream in, a, in an accent. I'll be um, picking an Irish accent. Exactly. Uh, for 500 we will actually record and release for free download the Conspiracy Song, uh, which was a cover that I made of um, Good Riddance, ah, but right. with conspiracy-related lyrics. Yes. Uh, for 750 because somehow every time we ask for input on this, it ends up with music, um we will record a couple of uh covers of songs from the witcher and for a thousand i will do what i promised i would never do again and i will dye my hair again and this time the tips will be blue
2: why do you keep
0: doing Um, the hair dyeing thing i know i hate it i (laughs) you don't have to agree if i get if they get to that one i'm getting paid a thousand dollars well five hundred dollars because i split with you Mm. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was weird. We're not doing that again. Um, I mean, yeah.
2: Point point is, it, you, you, for for you, a thousand bucks. Yeah. Well, we gotta feed the, the story every yeah. right now and again.
0: Um, we got it. We gotta keep the show on air. Yeah.
2: All right. Fair enough. Well, Let's if play. you guys want to see him with blue hair or uh, us speaking in a bit of an accent for at least one stream, that we'll do when we don't have a, uh, a guest because yeah. it might seem a bit
0: rude. Or we'll do it with a guest who actually has that accent and just mimic their accent the entire stream. Oh yeah,
2: just be complete assholes about it. Right, <laughs> yeah. I actually, when I was out this weekend... It'd be pretty weekend, funny, you got it. <laughs> when I was out this weekend, I ran into a few guys who uh, live here who are from the north of Ireland, which I found out it is not called Northern Ireland, it is the north of Ireland. Uh, in Ireland. According to them, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they had very definitively uh, Irish accents, Boy. specifically of the northern, variety. the northern regions. Yes, and it was it was cool. It was cool considering I'm very Irish. It was cool to run into that, but yeah. Uh, All right. Well, uh, let's let's scroll up and see if we got any uh, any super chats. Uh, there I'm was one from uh, Drinking Game Dweller. Next Stream.
0: Uh, we can't do a drinking game on YouTube, but we can do a drinking game on Twitch, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say?
2: Sir, I didn't. Is rec- Shrek real? I didn't put two and two together when I first saw that. Uh, <laughs> you know, super chat come in. I was just like. Oh, interesting! Like I just thought it was funny, and then I realized who it was, and it was you. Uh, Good question: Is Shrek real? Oh boy! Uh, Well,
0: ogres are certainly a um, very prominent motif in most Northern European folklore, uh, specifically Germanic and uh, Nordic countries. But there's they've got their parallels in uh, in the rest. Um, You know, cyclops and uh, some of the fae creatures but um yeah ogre uh in the term of shrek like shrek's a very specific ogre um whereas the term comes from old french and it more refers to uh any creature that is large bulbous and and man-eating um any humanoid creature that is man-eating so um it's i wouldn't call it their version of a wendigo but it's they they do tend to have that sort of um they're ugly. They're gross. They're smelly, and they eat people. Um, so, but is Shrek real, though? Um, Do you have an opinion on this, Robbie?
1: <laughs> uh, Shrek is entirely real. Have you seen the Shrek? Have you seen Shrek Two on DVD?
0: Why specifically sure. on DVD?
1: Because you know, I, I made this decision many years ago when I was a child. When the PS3 came out, it was a glorified Blu-ray player, and I refused to buy it and i just stuck with it all this year i'm still with dvd it's it's (laughs) the superior platform for the shrek 2 franchise
0: so every time you go to watch shrek 2 you you don't go amazon prime you don't go netflix you you go bust out the dvd
1: i bust out my little uh 12 inch shrek tv and i put on (laughs) i plug in my little shrek dvd player that i got on ebay and i throw in shrek 2
2: Sir. Uh, are
0: you being are you being serious right now? Sir, I think we just Entirely. became best friends. This is glorious.
2: You you fit in here way more than anybody might have thought. <laughs> you don't
0: understand. This is like what we do when we come home from the bars like yes. drunk off. Like, yes. We'll come home just this big group of us, just trashed and just eat Doritos and watch Shrek. <laughs> like,
1: yup. Dude, it's 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 literally a religion in this house that we, we pr we we pray. The Shrek, um, we yell Donkey every every morning when we wake up. You, you know, really? it, it, it's a religion here. It's a religion.
2: <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Um, Thank God that you know people are just really sticking to their values, <laughs> and 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 keeping keeping Shrek in their hearts on a daily basis. It's, it, it, Shrek it's is really a, an good American that treasure. religion is making it, a comeback. International, uh, <laughs> some might say. Um, uh-huh. My mom sent us forty nine ninety nine and then said, "Now say Happy Valentine's Day to your mother. Happy Valentine's Day, Mom." Uh, happy Valentine's for Day, Aiden's mom. happy uh, Valentine's I, I, Day, my mom yes, too. Who's also Valentine's Aiden's day. mom because I'm Aiden. Yes, um, to, to both Aiden's moms yes. who are here, mothers. Uh, and then Captain Alien for five dollars said, "Yes, Shrek is real." I sent him. I seen. Him. I seen him on the TV.
0: Shrek's real. I've seen him on the TV. Yeah, if you see, I can the do TV. that
2: accent for the Please. whole show. That if be you're seeing be on the TV it means for that it's Could you imagine? Oh my god, that would be horrible. We'd lose half our audience. Well, if
1: Shrek wasn't real, he wouldn't be in Walmart, right? Like, everything correct. in Walmart's real. Like, I've never seen well, anything I mean, in Walmart that's, that's not real.
0: Objectively. <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> everything in Walmart is is objectively, has substance and it, matter. It's it does real. exist. Yeah. Archie, what do you think?
1: Precisely. Yeah, he has yeah zero I thoughts. couldn't agree
2: more, Archie. Um, uh swamp man is so right shrek 2 is superior yeah i mean it is like anybody who disagrees with that is just false uh their opinion isn't false they are false uh, they <laughs> their existence are invalid. is false yes they are invalid they're not they're no yeah. longer valid at the cookout you, if you don't if
0: you do not worship shrek you are cancelled correct uh, don't tell trisha paytas she'll start doing it
2: <laughs> fair uh, there were some questions earlier on that I felt like would be interesting. to Scroll back to them. That's what I'm working oh, on. boy. Um, do you have any questions specifically for... Yeah, are there guest? any questions for uh,
0: for our guests for Swamp Dweller here?
2: Uh, do you have any? I,
0: I personally don't. Um, well, Because I just asked. spent an hour interviewing Yeah, him. that's fair. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, and, uh, and did you ever announce the deadlift, Max? No,
0: I forgot to because... We were supposed to start going to the gym again, and then Aiden and I got so busy that we were both too exhausted to actually ever go at the same time. Yeah. So, that is something we'll have to do. Um, We'll get there. (laughs) The Lift Lodge is going to be its own show, but it's going to be a comedy. Yeah, it's going to be a comedy (laughs) because we're so bad at it. Also, I proceeded to uh, completely obliterate my knee a couple weekends ago, so you know. Oh, right, yeah. So I don't know how much deadlifting I'll be doing in the near future. You'll be fine. Yeah, You'll but
2: uh, We gotta get you back on a mountain. Do you snowboard?
0: Out of context.
2: <laughs> Out of context words. Yeah, valid. We
0: gotta get you back on a mountain. Yeah, uh, do you do, you do any, any winter sports, Robbie?
1: Um, not necessarily winter sports because I live in a swamp in Florida, but Oh, um, so you
0: actually do dwell in a swamp.
1: Oh, I my name is like not some fancy like Thing. i just live in a swamp <laughs> so I love that. Like, they're like everybody's always like want some cool story like, i wish i had one i just you know it just seemed like it made sense
0: it's it's a completely <laughs> practical thing to choose
2: but I, I love when people's names online do that they reflect so accurately something that is just genuine to their life but it seems so abstract love that like my username the aiden mattis yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's very abstract <laughs> It's very to the point. I'd I say. often struggle
2: uh, with existence. Uh- <laughs> Don't we all? Ooh.
0: Yeah, yeah, we do. What are your uh, thoughts
2: on living in a swamp?
1: It's not terrible. It's, you know, high-speed internet doesn't really exist most of the time Whoa. unless you, you finally get encroached down by the city. But um, it's not terrible. You know, you see skeeters the size of your head, gators in your backyard sometimes. I'm sorry, what's a it's skeeter?
0: Like, a uh, mosquito. Oh, right. That, you know, that makes sense now.
1: <laughs> Damn, brother, I gotta start talking like this now.
0: Oh, Sorry, yeah, we're man. we're a couple of yanks.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say, have you never been below the 38th parallel? I've been below your 38th parallel. <laughs> Thankfully, that's not true. <laughs> have you guys
1: been further than New Jersey, be honest?
0: Yes. Actually, we live further south than, New, than most of New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, yeah good.
2: Other than Florida, which I've been to on a couple of occasions, the furthest I've been is... We're here. Um... I think Virginia, but I'll be in North Carolina in a couple of weeks for work, so.
1: Oh, man. Beautiful. Definitely check out the Blue Ridge if you can, man. Definitely. Love North Carolina.
2: I'd yeah. love to if I can. I'll be in Raleigh, so it's not quite near that. What do you want? Um,
1: right. You're going to be out there in the born part, brother.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I want to get out near, like, Asheville and stuff eventually, because I've heard some great things about over there.
1: Yeah, I lived out there for a few years. Great, great place.
2: Oh, nice. I think... Uh... The, the
0: furthest south I've ever actually spent any like considerable time was probably like DC. Yeah.
2: Um DC's fun.
0: I've driven to Charlottesville a number of times to pick up my best one of our best friends from college.
2: Um now he's in Hawaii. Now he's in Hawaii. Uh who's really winning? He is. He's winning, <laughs> yeah, he's winning. He's absolutely winning.
0: Um he is, know, he's a geometry teacher in Hawaii. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> like,
2: I don't know I was thinking about this the other day I uh, one uh Rob this is a good question for you because you technically don't have them down there but I kind of like my seasons I like my seasons because it's we like, get
1: seasons okay but it's
2: not it's it, mm. we get we get we get
0: warm swamp we get cold swamp no no no. it's not even that it's we get hot swamp and warm swamp yeah.
1: uh, surprisingly it, it's it does get into the 20s in Florida but like like, I finally experienced, like, like 12 inches of snow for the first time when I was, like, 17 or 18, and I was up in North Carolina, and I was, like, I was out there probably, like, 15 minutes, and I was ready to go back to Florida. Mm. Mm.
2: This yeah, isn't I what it's imagine. all cracked out to be. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I like it because it's, like, by the time, like, at the end of February or the beginning of March comes around, I'm, like, I'm ready for warmth again. Yeah. But, like, once August, September starts to hit, I'm, like, I miss, the, like, the distinctive cold scent of winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love fall. Archie, fall is my favorite time him. of the year. Hell yeah, fall is fantastic. Archie is a big fan of, of winter. Yes, he is. Um, He's built for it.
0: Yeah, I took him out. Uh, it, it's Currently, there's snow on the ground here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, in it's 20 degrees out at the moment. Um, but uh, I took Archie out for a walk, and he just walked over into the snow and just plopped down and laid there. Just stared at me. I was like, okay. Yep. Um, this is how we're going to do things. I yeah. have gone uh, camping in the winter. I've gone winter camping, and mm-hmm. I almost died.
2: Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the boat again in the summer. That's all I care about. Yeah. I want many boats, <laughs> and I'm gonna go bankrupt doing it. Oh, um, God. And that's not being, being being greedy. I want like a little sailboat to like do around the bays, and then I want one that I can like actually like take to like Bermuda or something. Yeah, and privateer against the British. Exactly. Uh, Thank you. Know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Captain Alien for fifty dollars said, "Avocado Lake, California, might have some spooky stuff online. A lot of people drown there, and I've heard stories." Avocado Lake? It doesn't sound. It sounds very millennial. Yeah. It. it um, just like just put the toast there, uh, <laughs> and it'll absorb the water. It'll be it's, fine.
0: Just, just just fill it with some some pico de gallo and you know and a little bit of cilantro, and you got yourself a guacamole lake. Guacamole Lake. Guacamole Lake. Guacamole yeah. Lake?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, what, what do you have have you heard of Avocado Lake, Robbie? Yeah,
1: Avocado Lake's actually um, known as a place called the Cryptid Playground, or also known as like the deadliest lake in mm-hmm. uh, the US. Because um, there are a lot of drownings there. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't really looked into it yet, but it's something on my list, but I am vaguely aware. I know a lot of people do like like you know, like those stupid three AM challenge videos out there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And there's like a lot of fishing out there. Um, there was even a, I think there's like a, it's either a movie or a documentary. It's called, uh, I think, Lake of Shadows, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like about, all about the legend of Avocado Lake. I think it came out in like 2020, maybe 2018, 2019, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of goes deep into all that kind of stuff.
2: I'm going to have to check that out because I hadn't heard of it. Yeah, this is the first I'm hearing of Avocado Lake, but it's making me hungry. Uh, you can't eat. You must I be know. good. I know. I was very bad Just this think weekend. how good
0: we're going to look on the boat. I know. That's, that is the key. That's you the must, goal. You must always keep in mind that you can be the golden god.
2: That's what we're going for. Dude, I so... Do, so,
0: do you watch any It's Always Sunny?
1: A little bit.
0: Uh, yeah, so I... If you were ever wondering um, what Philadelphia is... That's it. That's a documentary. Yep.
2: Um, that's not a fictional story. That's, that that that's TV real.
0: show is a documentary.
2: Yeah, and you know the, the whole the Wade Boggs challenge? That's what every person within the Philadelphia area does just on a weekend night. Just what? generally, a weekend night. The Wade Boggs challenge? Yeah. What's that? Do you? That's like one of the biggest episodes they did. It's when they're on the plane because Wade Boggs drank like 30 some beers on a plane mm-hmm. from like... Oh, from okay, wherever. I now. And yeah, that's just what Philadelphia people do on a Friday night. Just when are
0: we doing 14 beers at Chili's? When are we doing twenty four hours at Manila's? Oh God, good point. I don't <laughs> know if they're even open twenty four hours anymore. The pandemic took everything from us. There's there's a diner near our house where time does not exist. Yeah,
2: um, it's we should do a video.
0: <laughs> Just cause. Lore video in Manila's. That'd be hilarious. Oh my God. Be a very select group of people from Chester County who would understand that. Yes,
2: very much so. Robbie, do you have any interesting hobbies or anything like that that you like to do? I, I just want to make sure that we're an not doing aggressive all the talk to you. change of pace. But yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't. I could, Tell was, us about yourself, Robbie. Yeah. Give the people, uh, really? give them. You know, well, I was talking about the boat. Oh, and we were talking about the boat and shit. So I wanted to make sure that we're we're being inclusive. Good point. Good you point. know we have a tendency to just talk.
0: Yeah, I really need to get tested for ADD. Same. Anyway,
2: <laughs> Robbie.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I like to mountain bike and stuff like that and go on trails and uh, I love traveling, you know, throughout and going seeing state parks all through the states and stuff. That's kind of what I like to do and things like that. Just uh, go see, you know, nature in its unfiltered form just because, you know, being in the city is kind of depressing. I grew up all my life in like rural areas on farms and like in the middle of nowhere and such. So, um, living in cities now kind of just sometimes can kind of bog you down. So I just like to go out there and just kind of connect.
2: Yeah, yeah that's, couldn't uh, agree more.
0: Yeah, I wish it was easier to get some of the uh, big parks near us. Um, you know, we, when you've been out in any of those, uh, any of those parks and forests and whatnot, you ever uh, encounter anything, hear anything funky, have any personal experiences?
1: Surprisingly, um, all of like my weird, like I guess you say, paranormal or cryptid encounter type things have been like before, for the most part, before this whole YouTube journey. But I have had like some crazy encounters with like wildlife out there where I've like run into like a mountain lion before and like bobcats and stuff like that. And a black bear a few times and Mm -hmm. just things like that where it's like, you know you're in like a real situation all of a sudden where you you (laughs) read all these stories and you know, you hear all these crazy monsters but suddenly you're face to face with something that's, you know, very real that can kill you. And you're just like, oh crap,
0: I'm utterly helpless. Yeah, that's like, that's not a good position to be in. Speaking of
2: black bear, uh, I just had that for the first time last week. I don't remember if I mentioned that to you or not. You did. It's really surprisingly good. I didn't know people ate bear. I didn't know. I didn't either until uh, one of my roommates said, "Yeah, my uh, my, it was bear season. My dad got one, and he gave us some meat to try, and I tried it, and it's, it, it's just like the most delicious sausage you've ever had. I couldn't believe it."
1: Yeah, surprisingly good. Like, you would think, like, for, like, blackberry, you'd be like, I don't know, man. It's the same thing for, like, things like squirrel, too, and, like, just, like, gator and really? stuff. People would be like, what the heck? <laughs> you, like, you eat an alligator, and, like, the gator is, it's literally just chewy chicken. It's just a more yeah. chewy chicken. Make honest. some good so jerky. Good.
2: Mm.
0: I've had some yeah. good gator jerky. I did want to say, uh, Aiden and I did have an experience in a state park. Um, we were out there, I forget what we were doing, but we were just going for a hike, I think, Um and we got about a mile into the woods. This is at St. Pete's. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember because I just stopped him and I was I just stopped Aiden. And I look at him, I go, Do you hear anything? And he yeah. goes, No. And I was like, at all. Like anything. Yeah. He was like, no, there Not a rustling of leaves, not a bird chirp. It was summer. Yeah. Not a bird chirping, not a rustling of leaves. Just like. It was completely silent. You know, you couldn't hear people's voices. We weren't that far from people, just like a mile. Not even. Couldn't hear the the road. Like, it was just totally dead silent. Um, And we yeah, we we noped out of there pretty quick. Mm -hmm. That was not, uh, I did not enjoy that.
2: Yeah, I remember you looked at me and was like, do you hear that? And I was like, what, the nothing? And you were like, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was, I've never heard that level of silence before. It was wild. It's very strange. Yeah. I, I did, I did it's,
1: not it's definitely it. like a, a core shaking thing, especially when you first realize it. Cause I've had that moment so many times in my life, just like walking out in the woods and suddenly it's quiet. And then you see like a freaking cougar run across the road. you like, exactly. oh but it's like, it's just like, imagine that, but then you don't see anything, you know, that's the worst mm. part. So you're like, Oh man, this could be literally anything under the sun.
0: Yeah. And it's it, even if it's not something paranormal, just something about being out in the woods. And like when you first notice that all the other Prey have noticed something's off and now it's just you. Yeah. There there's definitely a moment of, oh right, I'm not at the top of the food chain out here right now. Yep. Like also
2: like humans are very out of touch with uh, you know, their own instincts. Uh because the fact that every other animal that exists knows when something's wrong, but we don't kinda isn't great. Uh did you wanna do the avocado one?
0: Uh, yes Captain Alien says that he lives 10 minutes from Avocado Lake and he will go if you go and you document it uh, get us some footage and we will we will include it in a video we'll do a video about Avocado Lake and we will use your footage and we will credit you yeah um, and be give, safe and, and I'll give you a well. nice I'll give you a nice big fat discount code for the uh, the merch store because that's all we can do right now because we can't pay people for anything we can barely pay ourselves I haven't paid him
2: in a little while it's okay I'm working happen. on it things happen <laughs> You've, you've had reasons you couldn't. <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay.
0: I give him lots of hugs.
2: Yes. He's very affectionate. Um, I
0: think The, the to... lake that we're definitely headed to, I'm just reading some of these comments here, uh, we've, we've got to go up to Brant Lake in New York. Yeah. where Tom Messick disappeared. It's close to where Destiny lives. I want to see if she'll uh, come out with us and maybe That'd be cool. do some exploring. But, um, you know, I, I just got to see. I, I, I got to spend, like, a night up there because I'm... That that case just like does not sit well with me at all. Robbie, are you familiar with that case at all?
1: Um, what's the case?
0: Uh, Tom Messick. It's one of the one of the more recent missing four hundred one cases. He was out hunting with his uh, his sons and a couple of family friends. There were seven of them. Uh, the the younger men, the three of them, um, basically went around this hill. They were the same same woods they had been hunting in for fifty five years. Seven of them go out. The older guys spaced themselves about 100 yards apart um, across a space of 400 yards. And then the younger guys went around uh, the other side of this hill. And basically they were going to push any game they could find down the hill towards the older men. So the older men could shoot it. Um, And they all reported that like it was weirdly quiet. Like it felt weird. They did not. that, That was not the way those woods normally felt for them. And they did not like it. And so they just were like, "Nope, that you know something's wrong here." And around three p.m., so pretty early in the day, they decided to pack up and just go back, go go hunt by their campsite.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so when they all gathered to go back, they noticed Tom was missing, and no, you know, the, nobody had heard him call for help. Mm-hmm. Nobody had heard him say anything. Nobody had heard anything. One person they they had all heard a sound they couldn't describe. Yeah. One guy said it sounded kind of like a car door slamming, but there were no tracks to indicate that there was a car there other than their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so nobody really knows what happened. And to this day, no sign of Tom has ever been found, not his rifle, not his, uh his clothes, no human remains, nothing that was on his person has been found. And Brant Lake is actually a spot where there have been a number of disappearances over the years. And, uh, Probably most interestingly here is that when he went missing, the FBI showed up the next day without being called.
1: Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one yet.
0: Yeah, that's the it. Those cases are the ones that got me really thinking about the missing four hundred one phenomenon and got me talking about this stuff. And that was probably like February, March of twenty twenty one. I think that I probably started talking about this a lot more, just like in conversation. Mm-hmm. um Then I started talking about it on TikTok in June and. Now here we are. Um, but yeah, the more I've dug into it, the more that's one of those things where, like, you can, you know... Things that are ephemeral are one thing, but that's something where real people are going missing in real ways that can't be explained. And some of them... Some of them can be explained, sure. But there's a lot of them that just... it Like the Tom Messick one, I just cannot wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. So...
1: Yeah, that's definitely one more on the unexplainable side. Definitely would love to be able to go to that area and kind of check it out more, you know?
0: Well, if you ever decide to make the trip, I mean, we're, we're up that way, so we'd be happy to head up with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, goes. Yeah, I get some
1: time bit. this year. I'd love to do that. I was yeah. doing something like that last year, but the fellow I was working with actually... Uh, passed away halfway oh. through our filming so i've kind of been uh on like a hiatus from doing it just kind of you know it's, it just sucks when you're close to somebody for a while and then suddenly they're just gone like, oh my gosh
0: yeah well if you Life do decide 24. to come and do anything in the you know mid-atlantic region or up in new york we, we would be happy to you know as long as it's a reasonable drive
1: oh yeah i want to definitely check out the pine barrens there's a couple oh, places check Easy out. One,
0: easy one for us we would love to
2: right across the river
0: yeah and I have a spare bedroom here, so you wouldn't even need to take out a hotel. Yeah, um,
2: <laughs> if, if you'd accept the offer, yeah, if you'd. Be we'll able we'll to. make yes. it happen.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of people that we have to uh, that we have to bring up. I, I want to try and uh, at some point over the summer see if we can get uh, everyone together and do like a go out for dinner.
2: I think that'd be fun. But yeah. we have
0: to we'd have to bring in a lot of money first for us to be able to put that together. Yeah, but, just uh, so we
2: don't have to have everybody paying for all the, exactly exactly. You
0: know, but it would be fun to get you know get it ready together. Yeah. Uh, Mostly because I just want to take a picture next to Wendigoon so that we can finally see the size differential. Why? Um, how tall is he? He just looks huge. Yeah, that's fair. He looks like a large man.
1: High <laughs> five, five easily. I'll take him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We just we just get in a boxing ring
2: and have Isaiah fight all of us. Oh my god.
0: He gets weapons we don't.
2: Then he makes a video. He brass knuckles. Wait, wait, then he gets a video then he makes a video about it. It's the uh cryptid, bo- cryptid uh, you know, speaking the cryptid host boxing iceberg. Oh god. You know, just yeah. going down the iceberg of like who was the hardest to fight. Yeah.
1: How I whip swamp dweller's ass explained.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I love we it. We need a name for for the whole like cr- group of individuals that are we've a part interviewed? of this. Who we've interviewed and just who are in this space True. that are, you know, in the same kind of genre. I think I think cryptozoologist is the word. Are you sure? I guess. I mean,
0: I don't know. May, maybe we could come up with something better. We could probably come up with something better than I th- that.
2: I thought, well, I mean, considering, like, you know, there are, there are groups of individuals that have specific names. Like, the groups have names. Our, our group needs a name. Like, our fans? No, 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 no. Like, the, you... Oh, okay. I see what you mean. I see. I see what you mean. People yeah, yeah, yeah. who talk, people who do this
0: from a more academic, like.
1: I I just rec- like to call oh, yes. us Shrekopharians, you know.
0: Shrekopharians, we're Lord. all praying the
1: Shrek, and we're all that. out here looking for answers.
0: Love, um, God those. damn it! We're all praying God, to Shrek like, and looking for answers. I, okay. Come here's on. the thing. Like, I got to text somebody after this show who I haven't talked to since college, but like, she. She was the kind of person that had like Shrek paraphernalia in her bedroom. Ah. And okay. I just I just need to show her this. Oh yeah. Be like, hey, you gotta check out this YouTube channel.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, unhealthy sorry.
1: obsession with Shrek. Oh god. Oh, what do you mean unhealthy? There's no It is the healthiest obsession.
2: Oh yeah. Shrek is, love. The, Shrek only is love,
0: definitely
2: the, love. the only un unhealthy obsession that anybody has here is me with heroin. <laughs> 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 Close enough. Yeah. It's John Mayer. Oh, okay, uh,
0: fair. Marilyn.
2: Marilyn. Yes. I did you um, know was... we did
0: get a question that unfortunately I do not have an answer for. So, uh, maybe maybe you do, Robbie. It says thoughts on the Green Children of Woolpit. Let's
2: look um at what
0: that is. Isn't that a book? I have no idea. I've never heard this before. Every once in a while on this show, someone will hit me with something and I'm like,
2: "What?" The legend of the hey, I I got it here. The legend of the green children of Woolpick concerns two children of unusual skin color who reportedly appeared in the village of Woolpick in Suffolk, England, sometime in the 12th century, perhaps during the reign of King Stephen. If I
0: remember correctly, there's actually like documentary evidence of of these kids um, just popping up. Uh, It's not just like an oratory folktale. The the, the story here is that these two children, young children, just, like, popped up out of nowhere. Um, and they weren't, like, feral or anything. And essentially, the, uh, the, the story, as it goes along, you know, and, and what I look at it, that as, you know, in terms of folklore from the region, is the thing that makes the most uh, sense would be that they were changelings or, uh, you know, that they had been taken by the, uh, the Tua de danan as young babies and then returned. Um, that of course is hopping deep into the, if the folklore is real side of things, obviously, but that's, that was my thought on it was, uh, you know, it would have something to do with the Celtic other world.
1: Yeah. Very interesting. I mean, it was also the 12th century too. So who knows, could be one of those many diseases that were going around at the time. (laughs)
2: True. Yeah. I was thinking, I was literally just looking it up and it was like copper, uh, Echymosis drugs green textile dyes um copper would be gyrosis. an interesting one because
0: they're that would definitely be possible there was a lot of copper usage by the Celtic peoples so it wouldn't be shocking if you know
1: the thing that's like most strange to me about that tale is like the children would were like they would like refuse all food yeah. except for like beans like just like green beans
0: yeah it, it's yeah. just it's a very weird story like. Which would explain the green. But it sounds apparently, like the kind of thing that you would get when you have a story of, like, the fae just, like, screwing with somebody.
2: Yeah.
1: So apparently the, um, the boy died shortly after, but the girl grew up and then lost the green color over time. And then she learned how to speak English. And when she did, she explained that they had come from a land with no sunlight called St. Martin's Land. And that she had no idea how they ended up in this new land, meaning England.
0: That's, that's why I end up on the, the other world side of things with that. Like that
2: A land with no sunlight. That sounds
0: like deep underground or yeah an alternative dimension, that kind of thing. Um and then of course, you know, there's Darren Cuyu, which obviously is not in Ireland but or in England, but uh Yeah, you know, that's an entire underground city, which just does not get talked about enough in my opinion. But um
1: uh, how would, why would wonder... you
0: be green if I, I guess if you came from a land with no sun? your pigment wouldn't be as strong on its own and you would be more likely to... Be translucent? Yeah, I guess you might just, like... the. But then, then it know. would be, like... Yeah, then you'd be, like, blue.
2: Yeah. It could be a combination of just lack of pigmentation with an over... Uh, a lack of melanin, but a presence of some other, mm-hmm. you know, material or, or mineral or metal or something like that that dyes the skin green know, i'd be weird. fascinated
1: to see studies you know if they had any sort of studies they could do of like people who are say living underground for some sort of time i just don't know if they could do like any humane study of that but i think I that love is the issue is it
0: would be really hard to do it humanely either you'd have to stick people underground for multiple generations which obviously the later generations can't consent to that yeah and also like if you were to try and go find um uh, an active underground population the likelihood that they would assent to being studied is pretty low yep um i mean we talk about the nahani river valley up in canada all the time and like you know the the idea of pale face demons that come out of the caves to snatch campers and hikers at night you know they don't sound like they're exactly uh you know pro-science
2: no
1: yeah, definitely. I, I I'm interested too, because there's always these underground dwelling creatures that have like these elephant type nose known as the Darrow. Mm-hmm. And I would wonder, like, you know, how, how do all these creatures overlap in a sense? where these just, you know, are these different, you know, underground dwelling beings or interdimensional beings as we mentioned earlier? Or are these all are are these all things from like the same ilk? You know, that's the one thing that always fascinates me the most. Like, where do these things come from? How do they come to be? Like why are they why why does it seem like they pop up out of nowhere and then can you know disappear at, at a whim
0: yeah it's i i I've, i mean my theory on this uh, that i've talked to about i've talked about pretty at length is that you know all of this comes from somewhere kind of like what you were saying is like <coughs> you trace a folktale back far enough usually there's a, a nugget of truth in there um and when it comes to the uh the whole thing with um these stories of, like, cave-dwelling populations, like, obviously, you know, there was a point in history when humans used caves as um, mm-hmm. as dwellings, and you know, what if... It, it doesn't have to... Because a lot of people are like, oh, well, there's no way that you know, a, a human being could survive solely living in a cave. Well, obviously not a modern human being, but if you started by being, you know, you just slept in the cave, but then over time, you used the cave as, like, a home, so you do, you... You burrowed into it, mm-hmm. and then over time, maybe you required less of certain nutrients, or you you know managed to find a way to get them through like drinking. You know, obviously, water in a cave is going to have a lot of minerals in it. Mm. Um, you know, and maybe became accustomed to hunting at night, and just over time, you got to think about this. as like a you know thousands of years of um, you know very very selective breeding, would you eventually get something like that? Um, you know, and and how how would that vary because obviously if these were isolated populations then all of them would have different mutations uh or you know if you were to find the same um the same very specific mutation something like having an elephant nose then that would imply that this was not isolated populations but rather um you know a population that once lived on the surface and then went underground um you know divergent versus convergent evolution and everything
1: Yep. yeah definitely it's it's fascinating you know you can go down routes and just talk about this for hours and hours and honestly never find a conclusion but i think that's what's fun about it
2: oh absolutely it's, it's exactly it's nice to to wonder and to and to suggest and hypothesize it's what it's what makes conversation interesting yeah and i think
0: like this this side of things is one of the last places where it's really safe to just like go nuts and like you know investigate what you want and you know believe what you want and see, you know, what you can find and, and really investigate because it, try try and make cryptozoology political. I dare you. Like <laughs> yeah, don't say that. Cause, yeah, I was <laughs> going to say
2: don't say that cuz somebody will. Yeah, true. Um but like
1: Bigfoot for Trump. Bigfoot <laughs> you can already see it now. <laughs> Bigfoot
2: <laughs> for Trump.
0: <laughs> i'm sure it's, it exists somewhere <laughs> no, oh no. it does we we do a new series where we uh we determine what political party cryptids would belong to
2: yeah
1: honestly um, see, i really do think the wendigo would uh, agree with obama on this one like <laughs> <laughs> i could already see the tier list being made
2: when do you care well we all know that uh skinwalkers would most likely be anarchists yes um
1: ah yes straight chaos
2: yes oh yes so,
0: yeah, I think Loch Ness Monster would probably be uh, an environmentalist. Yeah, so I was going to say. I think, Green Party.
2: Yeah, I was, I was going to say. I think Nessie's going to yeah. be either, you know, uh, Democrat or the Green Party. Werewolves, absolutely, live right. Yeah.
0: Vampires, off-right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All the out here, boys.
0: I mean, I, are you going to tell me I'm wrong?
1: <laughs> I, I cannot either confirm
0: or deny. <laughs> allegations. <laughs> Swamp dwellers, radical centrists. <laughs> Unwaveringly unwilling to commit. Pretty much. <laughs> it's
1: like he makes a good point, but the other guy, has got a good suit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give him credit where credit's due. That is basically how uh, how the Libertarian Party continues to lose elections, in my opinion. They simply refuse to dress nicely. Also, they, they ran a vice president who was an open and avowed brony. Um, so, you know, that's that's great. Uh,
2: I don't like to get political anymore because... I, I don't think, think all... that's even getting political. That's no. just objectively wrong. Well, here's my thing. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is I don't like to get political anymore because I think the vast majority of people who are in politics are mm-hmm. sleazebags. Yeah. Uh, there are exceptions. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's political to say, Come on, man. Anyway, moving on. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: Favorite brand of toaster? I. I. Um,
1: pff, all of them. Yeah, I don't uh, Whichever have... one
0: is taking a bath with me tonight. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the number of couples' posts I have seen today has been horrible oh, for my mental health.
2: <laughs> good Lord. I was going to say, like, I don't know, Sears, because it's the only thing I can think of. I don't even think Sears exists anymore, but uh, Sears or Lowe's. One of them went out of business. Sears, I think. Yeah, no, because Lowe's still exists. I had to buy a bunch of lumber from them a couple months ago. Um, but yeah, just as a heads up, it is eight forty. Yes. So uh, I think it's about time to wrap it up. All right. Uh,
0: uh, Swampy, my boy. Do you wanna? Um, you wanna plug yourself?
1: I'm sure. Um, my name is Swamp Dweller again. You can find me on YouTube. And uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and even your favorite podcast place, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Just type in Swamp Dweller. I'll pop up. Um, if you have a story that you'd like to share on the show, SwampDweller.net, send it on in there. I'd love to see it. Always looking for scary stories no matter what it is. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep on chugging. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. It was a fun time.
2: Yeah, thanks and, for coming uh,
1: on. Yeah. You know, if any Swamp Dwellers are a listener def- or listening, excuse me, definitely check out uh the Lore Lodge.
0: <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, right. thanks so much for coming on, man. We had a great time. This was a good talk. I, great and, talk. Uh, we will we'll definitely keep in touch in case you're ever up this way. No, definitely. All right. Have a good night, man.
1: You too. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh.
0: And go to.
2: Oh yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure. Did you? I just oh feel yeah, don't go someone... to anything yet. But I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: all right. Thank you, everybody, for stopping by the Lore Lodge. I'm Aiden Mattis, and we'll see you next week. And that's Archie down there.
2: And I'm, I know, I know. Yes. I know. Okay. And I'm All me. Right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>